Hi, welcome to Diversity in the D. I'm your host, Anna, and that's my co-host. And today we're going to go over the Bigfoot killer, and Eastside Live is going to start us out. So we'll go over the case of the Bigfoot killer, a.k.a. the Cass Reaper. Between February and October 1975, the city of Detroit had a serial killer who was preying on young girls who were between the ages of 16 and 22 years old. All of the victims were engaged in prostitution and living in poverty. The gotta get comfortable. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> the proprietor, the the per, the proprietor would the perpetrator. The perpetrator. Yeah, I'm my bad because you got that motherfucker all together like that. You do it better though. The perpetrator would drive <laughs> around in a beige Oldsmobile and would offer $15 in exchange for sexual services. He would then get his victims into his car where he would threaten them with a knife. Then he would beat, rape, sodomize, and strangle them. A facial composite. Why I feel like I said that wrong. <laughs> a facial composite. Didn't I say that right? Yeah, facial a facial composite. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking like I'm saying that. Yeah, facial composite was created by police from from information that was given to police by his victims describing his appearance. After information was revealed to po to the public at the end of 1975, NGO activists and several hundred residents of Cass Corridors. Or organized a rally since the kill, since the the killing, since the killings were taking place in Cass Corridor's neighborhood, they ra they rallied outside of the police department because they were because they were acute they were accused the authorities of of negligence due to their victims' social status. They went to the city's administrative administrative demanding an investigation and pub and punishment of off the of officials for not disclosing any information about the ongoing killings and that they were not able to take prior precautions. precautions. Yeah, I'm trying to get it out. Representatives of law enforcement denied these allegations and said enough was being done. Although protesters show a police, a police leaflet, leaflet describing the killer's appearance, which includes a telephone number to contact to contact law, but was unable to reach anyone at the number at the night the killer was described as a muscular tall african-american with facial hair and an afro that was be, uh, an afro that was between the, the afro that was between the age of 30 to 35 and his afro was old as hell no, you the hell Okay. I guess. Get proper sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe 
suffer from acrimonium. I'm still, I'm still lost on the afro with that <laughs> Which is a disorder, which is disorder that results in excessive growth of certain parts of the body. Testimonies and evidence led them to know he had big hands and feet. That That's why he was nicknamed Bigfoot. During the investigation, 29-year-old Carl Mayweather Jr. was arrested on January 26, 1975 during an attempt to rape, attempted rape of a woman in River Rouge and was considered a prime suspect. Carl Mayweather Jr. came from a rich family. His father owned a small company where Carl had leadership position. He was tall and athletic and wore a size 12 and a half shoe. He was physically matched to the killer description. After he was charged in February of 1976 for rape and robbery, authorities were looking into him possibly being Bigfoot killer. But over months, they established that Carl had a solid alibi and no further charges were brought against him. The Bigfoot killer who raped and murdered seven girls and women were never captured and still remains unknown to this day. Well, damn. So we got a guy with a big afro and some big hands and feet out here. This is one of the temptations. <laughs> I'm just trying to say don't know. Was it one of the temptations that didn't make it? He out here doing weird crap. Jesus Christ. His afro was already older than him. So I'm just trying to figure this out. I mean, I'm just saying, like, ain't got a 40 year old afro. He ain't even 40. How your afro older than you? I'm trying to figure that out. Somebody help me understand that. When he had an afro coming out the womb. But the word. <laughs> See, now he got laughing. But the weird thing about it is, like, okay, he's never been caught, but it only talks about seven murders. So you would think that he would still be committing murders after he wasn't caught? I mean, or did he pass away so he's not committing? Like, who knows who this guy is? Somebody somebody gave his ass a taper and he died or something. <laughs> he had to cut that, he that cut the old afro. His <laughs> afro should be like, yeah, it was 76 his afro. If it was 35 in, his afro, like, 80-something years old. This afro got him by 40 years. How your hair older than you? I'm just trying to understand. Uh, well, I hope with the DNA evidence today that if they eventually catch him, whoever he is, and maybe he did shake down his afro and get it braided or something. Hey, but that's one of the worst parts of Detroit. Anyway, the cast corridor, like, boy, you looking for trouble being down there. Yeah, that's like the don't don't fly zone. <laughs> you just don't yeah. even go down. <laughs> there ain't nothing. It ain't that's that's junkie central. You go on them junkies out there. I, true facts, fun fact. Almost got shanked by 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 a mofo down there. Was he a junkie? Yeah, it was a junkie. A junkie. It was like six o'clock in the morning. I'm trying to go to work. I was at the bus stop. He walked over with a knife. I said, boy, you better put that knife away. Better look, I had old, old, old little 
little Susie with me. I said, boy, you trying to die in the world for me with no knife like that? Did he have an afro? No, he had no afro. <laughs> he like, he just got through dropping a motor or something. Well, at least it wasn't a Bigfoot killer. No, he don't know. <laughs> That'd be, be fucked up to be, <laughs> be jacked by a Bigfoot killer. <laughs> oh, no. See, I would have blew that fro off his head. That old ass throw. That like 90 <laughs> years old. Oh, okay. Let's compose myself. You're going to give me the hiccups from laughing. <laughs> hey, look here. It ain't my fault you get an old fro. Look, <laughs> he was doing it his mama wound. He had a pick in there, too. Picking the stuff. I'm just trying to understand. <laughs> I'm all hot. <laughs> that fro make me hot. This is old. Okay. I want to talk about some cases. Stepfather charged after eight-year-old boy shoots, kills himself with unsecured gun in Detroit. Armani Robinson, 26, is charged with involuntary manslaughter, second-degree child abuse, and tampering with evidence in connection with Shantae's Cameron Moore's death Sunday. Last Sunday. Moore had gotten a hold of a gun inside a home around 10.30 p.m., and the boy shot himself in the head with the gun and was taken to the hospital where he was pronounced dead. According to the police, they said it was unclear if Moore shot himself or was accidentally shot by someone else. Detroit Police Chief James White said the gun was illegal. So, I'm glad that they they charged the stepfather. I heard them the gun was legal. Wait, what's 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 wrong? What, what is the problem? Y'all just putting guns on the table at the dinner table? Like, hey, here you go. You want a gun after you eat your vegetables? Go pick up the gun and play with it. Like, come on, that's sick. Bat. Second degree murder should have been. I would have charged that for capital murder. Ain't wrong with you. Well, you if you remember, like when we were younger, they used to like try to make it safer for us kids. So, like, put the red tips on the play guns. Yeah. Because people were going out there with the play guns. And people were thinking they were rogue guns at the time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. One of one of a person I went to school with, he got killed by the police because he took the he took the tip off of that the BB gun. He took the the tip off of that off of that mug and went out there on that mug, and everybody was scared. And the police and, and he thought it was a game, and they shot him dead. But nowadays, it's like okay, these parents are just like here, here's 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 my twenty two. Right. Let's just sit on the table. Got that 30 with that switch on it. Go ahead and play with it. Right. It's like, come on. As parents, you guys got to do better. Michigan needs the death penalty. Yeah, and they give out gun locks and stuff where you can lock your gun. You shouldn't be that irresponsible. No kids should never even know you have a gun. No. And there's saves. There's everything. Like, these these babies. This, this kid was only eight years old. Put it in your pocket. Mm-mm. Yeah, he shouldn't have get, even got a hold of that gun. So, what's the piece to that baby? I'm kind of glad. Responsible stepfather. So, where the mother at? Well, these mothers be, be killing me with this too. Where y'all be at? Like, where, where, where's the mothers at? Right, you're just gonna leave that baby with the stepfather, and then what? Hey, they say he's 26. Which ain't, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have yeah stepfathers and stuff, but like, you know, there's a gun in the house, and if you know that that. That man's that irresponsible to leave that gun hanging around. Now you done lost your kid. Your mate's going to jail for it, because what she should. Uh, you know, it, it's called responsibility. He's 26, so he's still a kid, too. Yeah, that's so. true, too. 
and here's a couple cases that we haven't got been able to get to because our weather has been bipolar as hell here in Michigan. Let me tell you, getting out there and the storms and everything, it's just been horrible here. But uh, two Nigerian men charged in Delhi, Michigan's distortion case of 17-year-old boy appears in court. Two Nigerian men charged in Delhi, Michigan's distortion case of 17-year-old Jordan DeMay appeared in court Monday. Officials say that Samuel Ogashi, 22, and Samson Ogashi, 20, are facing federal charges in the death of DeMay, who took his own life in 2022 after allegedly being tricked online into sending explicit photos of himself. The men who contacted their, their son, this is what the parents are saying, one night through Instagram posing as a girl persuading compromising pictures to be sent. They immediately started demanding money, threatening to send the photos to everyone in his life. Jordan sent money, but the men would not relent. Hours after being contacted by the men, he could not bear it, causing the 17-year-old to take his own life. The feds tracked down the men to Nigeria, arrested them, and extradited them to Michigan to face charges. Make no mistake, charges of this type brought against subjects outside the United States are rare said the U.S. Attorney Mark Totten. Securing extradition of these subjects is even more rare. According to officials, three additional Nigerians are facing charges in Nigeria and moving through the criminal justice system there. The men face charges of sexually exploiting teens and other young men, including Jordan. They are also being held without bond. So these mofos... Oh, uh, freaky mofos. They were went on with some little boys to expose themselves. What's your little freaky Nigerian? Yeah, you guys are posing as little girls, getting these little boys to send you pictures. Okay, that's just nasty. Okay, being a man. And then extorting these little boys out of money. And this poor kid was only 17 years old and couldn't bear you guys coming after him like that and took his own life. That's sad. That is really sad to me. That's the the story. They should charge. They they should charge them. They should charge. Them, they should charge them six of them. All six of them of holes with first degree murder. Cause that boy, well, because like, what type of sicko sit there and poses? What type of time do you have? You sitting on the internet that much, posing as some little girl, and then you like, what would you get out of that? That's nasty. Like bro. trying to extort money out of them. A seventeen year old kid. Okay. Well, they gonna get it started when they go. Uh, yeah, they they in Michigan. Well, they gonna get it started. Oh yeah. I hate to tell you, but people in America don't have money like that. We're all mostly broke here because the economy really fucking sucks. We're paying almost four dollars a gallon for gas. Yeah, we be paying, uh, and then they they sending all of our money to help everybody else go to war. Yeah. So we don't have no money. So what we work for, we live paycheck to paycheck like everybody else. For those who work. And we ain't on the internet. It's stored nobody. Right. We make our own money. Like, get off your ass and go try to make some money. Not by extorting people. That's wrong. And you guys deserve more than what you're getting. Because this poor 17-year-old baby took his life. Because you guys are bullies. Somebody going to open their back door. As soon as they get up in there, they gonna, their back door going to get open. And I ain't talking about nobody come beating you up. They're going to open y'all back door up. 
Like, the, I was yeah. like looking at men. So. They're going to hey, they gonna, they gonna get the best of the best. Little sickos. Next one is eight pounds of crystal meth was seized by authorities in an operation conducted in Detroit last Tuesday. Michigan State Police announced they seized drugs are estimated to be worth about $80,000 in street value. Charges are pending on the suspect who has not been named yet in an investigation. Continues. No details on where the drugs were discovered in Detroit or the circumstances of the bust. So. Yeah, they have some ice. <laughs> so now, now it's bad enough. We got there's so much drugs going around here. There's people you you'll go into the store. People be tweaking now, and sometimes you just gotta walk past them and be like, yeah, whatever. They be talking on kinds of crazy shit. Fentanyl already killing everybody off. Like damn, they gonna be who gonna who gonna smoke the drugs besides yourself? You gotta smoke your own drugs <laughs> in a minute. Might gonna be dead off fentanyl. The damn right. I mean, it, it's bad. Too much drugs here. Just take your guys' drugs back somewhere else. Here's another thing about drugs. <laughs> Police find four kilo, kilos of meth inside man's luggage at Greyhound bus station in Detroit. A man lies about identity before drugs found at Greyhound bus station. Michigan State Police detectives said that they were at the station around 6.50 a.m. August 8th as a 7 a.m. bus was preparing to load. They saw Antonio Frank Buffkin, 39 or 40, standing in line when he made eye contact with detectives. He got out of the line and sat in the lobby, according to authorities. Detective, detectives spoke to Buffkin and asked if he had any identification. He said no and told them that his name was Antonio Brown. <laughs> <laughs> when they couldn't find any records of Antonio Brown at the address Buffkin provided, detectives confronted him. They said he gave him his real identity and admitted he might have a traffic warrant. The criminal complaint says, detectives det detained Buffkin and found a wallet in his pocket that confirmed his identity. He was led to the freight area of the, for further investigation. A police canine alert troopers alerted troopers to the presence of narcotics while sniffing, while sniffing, while sniffing Buffkin's luggage. So authorities got a warrant to search the bags, according to court records. Inside Buffkin's backpack, detectives said they found several Ziploc bags of a white, chunky substance. The substance is believed to have to believe to have been about four thousand seventy-one grams of methamphetamine. Criminal complaints say Buffkin was brought to the MSP substation and the suspected meth was taken to a lab for analysis. The criminal complaint concludes there is probable cause that Buffkin possessed methamphetamine with intent to distribute. What do you think? <laughs> so Buffkin's were around. I'm Antonio Brown, and I had all this meth. I'm trying to figure out, like, I mean, besides all, I'm just trying to figure out, like, bro, do you actually think you're going to put some drugs on a Greyhound bus? And then you make eye contact with the police. That's the number one rule. Why is you staring them down? And then you get out of line after making eye contact. Yeah, so you look suspicious. They don't want you. That's what anybody would know. If you make eye contact with the police, they would pull your ass over if you drive it. They're like, why y'all staring me down for? Right. So he made or then he, then he moved out the way. He should have. If we gonna look them down, at least don't have all that meth in you. And they give them the wrong name. Like out of all the names, okay. For one, I'm not gonna give him Antonio Brown. They know. They know for damn sure you Antonio Brown. You won't be on no damn Greyhound <laughs> if you was Antonio Brown. <laughs> like, so, yeah, that's that's about the man with the math. 
<laughs> the man with the back. I think he was smoking his mouth before he <laughs> attempted to do that. Don't get high on your own supply. Right. And this is 13 patients broke out of Michigan Psychiatric Hospital for kids over the last three, three and a half years. Over the last three and a half years, 13 patients broke out of the state-run psychiatric hospital for children in Northville Township. Some of the patients who broke out of the Hawthorne Center simply walked away and others jumped a fence. So they just walk away like, oh, whatever. Where the staff at? <laughs> on escape, and in one case, three juveniles escaped and made their way to a nearby gas station. All 13 were caught. One said they ran away from the Hawthorne Center because it sucks. There, another said he would assault people and become uncooperative if he were returned to the Hawthorne Center. One had a bloody nose and mouth and said he had been beaten up by another patient. MDAHS is building a new psychiatric hospital on the Hawthorne Center site in Northville Township. During construction, the child patients will be cared for at Walter Ruther Psych Hospital. One source said after the kids were brought to Walter Ruther, the rooms were not ready, so many had to be held in a waiting area for up to 12 hours, and some had to sleep on the floor. Hey, put that in, they put that in somewhere with my wire or something. Because <laughs> the staff, obviously, no security, no staff. It is walking up on them like it's Saturday Night Club. <laughs> like, oh, they in there for a reason, like, do your job. They just, what did they escort them out the door? Here you go. Open the door, like, damn. <laughs> well, they said that they just broke out and some walked yeah, away. Yeah, get the hell out of there. That was that damn easy. This be breaking out of prison all day. And that's a psych hospital, right. so, yeah. They ain't supposed to be on the street. <laughs> Who knows what they're in there for. And if they're having mental issues, they need to get help. They should not be walking out to gas stations. The staff on break. Left the doors <laughs> open. Everybody's a free flow. Everybody leave out. All right. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Well, how the hell did they know the mob to a gas station, though? They was out there. Mob like black <laughs> Okay. A 36-year-old Jenison man has been sentenced to 30 years in prison for creating and distributing child porn involving a three-year-old. Michael John Bate was sentenced in U.S. District Court in Grand Rapids. U.S. prosecutors said that I don't know if his name's Bat or Bait. I don't know. We'll call him Bat. Was discovered after sending five pornographic images to an undercover officer. He was under investigation by state police for his online activity. When he was arrested, Bat was employed by Wayland Union Schools. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. He was later fired. So he's in our schools with our kids and doing all this. Right. School officials at the time said the allegations set against Bat did not involve any students or staff. In a statement issued by the U.S. Attorney's Office, prosecutors said Bat was sentenced for creating and distrib- distributing images, pornographic images, of a three-year-old child he abused. That sick motherfucker. As sentencing, U.S. District Judge Janet Naff noted that Bat had an extensive collection of child sexually abusive material. Prosecutor said in the statement, the judge described his behavior as aberrant. They said, as part of the sentence, Bat was will be on supervised release for 10 years once out of prison. He must also pay $19,000 in restitution to the victims depicted in his child pornography collection. First and foremost, time out. They talking about some, okay, that sounds cute. 
talk about seniority. He didn't do nothing to the staff. The staff not three years old. We're talking about a three-year-old kid. All right, that's sick that son of a mother. Like, like, come on, they, they they can figure something else out better to say. Like, that's just that's more offensive than any damn thing. Like, yeah, y'all grown motherfuckers ain't getting this. this but he does damn kids. They talk about he he shouldn't have no damn release date. No, a three-year-old. That's a that's a that's a baby, baby. And he was in a school system, right? Like a school. Like, they don't do background checks in schools now. Right, so sickos are just applying for jobs with our schools and our kids because they're sick as hell. Like, we need to do better. That's just nasty. And the grown people turning the motherfucking, turning the mofo cheeks. Like, out, we don't know, I don't see nothing, no, no, no. That's sick. That sick bastard need to be up under the jail somewhere. A three year old kid, and then majority, more and more of that. That's whatever. Man, this makes, makes me sick. Like that makes me sick. They put him in the sound with big lurch. <laughs> yeah, maybe say the pit bull ate him too. They the pit bulls in jail. <laughs> the devil was inside him. The right. pit bull came out and ate him. Right. I wonder if he'd be barking at the ceiling. Yeah, the he'd be barking at the bars. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to say anything before we leave? <laughs> Shout out to y'all. I'm sorry. Shout out to y'all. Y'all support. Thank y'all. Keep it going. We love y'all. What out y'all? Snow us. And stay away from people with froze 40 years <laughs> older than them. Please do. And we just wanted to say thank you to our listeners. We really appreciate you. If you like what you hear, please don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, and comment. We're also available on the following platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and more. Our Facebook page is Diversity in the D. Our email is diversityinthed at gmail.com, but it's spelled D-I-V-E-R-C-I-T-Y-I-N-T-H-E-D. Thanks again to our listeners. Without you, there's no us. We are now on Instagram, Diversity in the D, so check us out. And thank you again to everybody. Like you said, stay away from the old froze. Have a blessed night. Stay away from people who froze us two times older than them. And stay stay out of bus stations with masks. Stay away from <laughs> drugs, period. We'll be back later. <laughs>